SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I am Brad Brown with you for the next half hour. We're going to be talking all things sports, some big athletics coming up later on this week, and we'll be joined by Anaso Jobodwana later on on this evening's show. We'll also be talking the PSL and the state of play as it stands right now as we head towards the business end of the season. Who's in contention and uh, who needs to pull their socks up to avoid relegation? That's all coming up on tonight's show. And we'll also hear from Proteas opening batsman Dean Alga. But let's start with stories making news headlines today. The Buccaneers have been boosted ahead of Saturday Soweto Derby as Abu Bakr Mubara has returned to full fitness, while Augustine Mulenga is not far off. Mubara, who's been out since the beginning of the year with a groin strain, passed a fitness test last week and has returned to training. Mulenga, who joins from Zanaco FC at the end of January, is yet to make his premiership debut. Having just arrived in South Africa and secured a work permit, the Zambian international picked up a knee strain, which saw him miss the 4-2 win over Chipper United. In other domestic soccer news, Brock FC chairman Kurushim Pashlele has confirmed that the club has let go of former captain Olaleng Shaku and goalkeeper Oscarine Masuluke. The two were released as an outcome of an ongoing disciplinary hearing in the last three weeks. Although no club officials, including the chairman, want to say exactly what the players have been charged with, the pair got into hot water after they allegedly drank on the team bus following the 2-0 league defeat to Free State Stars earlier this month. Letabo Kanyaho reports. Patlele reveals they discovered through the hearings that the two were the only players involved in the matter, ruling out Sipomwiti's reported participation. Assistant coach McDonald Makubedu has said after the Limpopo derby with Pulukwani City that the players would be considered for tonight's match against Cape Town City at home. That club boss for the says head coach Holoko Tovejani and the two other officials involved in the saga will appear for the last time before the club's TC tomorrow and a decision on their future should be expected on 10 March. Letabo Hanyao, SABC Sport, Pulukwani. There's some live action to look forward to tonight. Baraka in action against Cape Town City at the Peter Mukaba Stadium. Kickoff in that one, 7.30. And the FA Cup Swansea play Sheffield Wednesday at the Liberty Stadium tonight. Meanwhile, eight-time Olympic gold medalist Usain Bolt has confirmed his participation in the 2018 Soccer Aid charity match. The Jamaican Sprint King will captain the rest of the World eleven against the England eleven, which will be led by pop star Robbie Williams. The match kicks off at Old Trafford on the 10th of June. Bolt, who announced his participation participation in the charity match on social media teased that he had signed for South African football club Mamelodi Sundowns yesterday. On to athletics news now and track and field season steals the spotlight in March when it takes off with athletics Grand Prix series in Johannesburg, Twane and Paal. The first of the three meetings take place at the Reimsach Stadium in Johannesburg this coming Thursday. South African junior 200 meter record holder Clarence Munyai, who ran a personal best time of 10.10 seconds in the 100 meters over this past weekend is going to be racing on Thursday. I think we're all, I'd say we're all excited because it's the first time we have such a big race in South Africa. So having to perform in front of a home crowd and with sponsors like Liquor Telecom and Stillwater Sports making such a good platform for us. I think this is really good. This is really good for the sport and us, the athletes. On to rugby now. 
Bulls captain Berger Woodendahl and fullback Warwick Gallant are injury concerns ahead of Saturday's Super Rugby derby against the Lions at Loftus Fashfelt on Saturday. Midfielder Woodendahl is nursing a bruised rib while Gallant, who was a late withdrawal before the Hurricanes game this past weekend, has a knee niggle. A decision on both players' availability will be made later this week. And uh, big news tonight to look forward to, the Laureus World Sport Awards. Important to note that South Africa's Casta Semenya, one of the nominees for the Sportswoman of the Year Awards. Coming up next here on SAFM, we'll be chatting some athletics. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. And some exciting athletics on the very near horizon as far as South Africa is concerned. I grew up, I was one of those kids that grew up and just loved watching athletics on TV. And sadly, for the last few years, we haven't seen much domestic athletics uh, on the television and uh, for various reasons. But the good news is there's uh, a three-series meet coming up that you do not want to miss. The first one taking place at Reimsich on the West Rand of Johannesburg uh, gets underway on Thursday. And we join now by a man who's going to play an integral part in this athletics meet, Anaso Jobadwana. Anaso, welcome on to SAFM Sports Rant this evening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hello, thank you for having me, guys. Anaso, how exciting is it to, to have a, a meet of this caliber in your own backyard, essentially, here in, in South Africa? You, you as an athlete must be so, so excited. Yeah, it, it's very exciting. Um, we've been waiting for a long time for something like this in our backyard so we can perform in front of uh, you know, our home crowd as well. Um, last year at uh, National Champs, we, uh, we showed um, and the fans showed that they really love athletics, just like you said, you loved watching athletics growing up. So to have something that um, uh, seems like it's going to grow to be uh, one of the, you know, like things that people look forward to every year in South Africa is, is yeah, it's very exciting. And also, you mentioned that uh, national meet last year and the vibe around it, uh, about filling up watch. And it, it was just, there was just something in it, this energy about it, obviously driven, I think, more by the athletes than anyone else because you guys wanted to fill that stadium up and you wanted to show what, what you can do. What do you think has been the, the driving force behind this revival of athletics in, in South Africa? Um, I think uh, more than anything, uh, we we performed against the best in the world, but most of the time we we don't perform at home with you know like our own crowd, our own people supporting us, and that was something that we wanted to change. We wanted uh, you know the athletes wanted it to be uh, a thing where we can perform in front of our home crowd and give them the performances that we usually only get to do in in Europe uh, later on in the season. Um, and just to build track and field in South Africa as as a whole, you know, like so that the kids as well can see us uh, competing against each other on home soil, so that you know when we leave as as athletes, um, the new generation can pick up where we left off and actually have a real history of South African uh, South African uh, track and field carrying on and not have a, a a gap where we didn't even know what was going on. 
Now, so yeah. announcement today as well with regards to major sponsorship for for the, the meet and, and essentially over the next three years, which is is brilliant. It's been a while since they've they've been corporate sponsors uh, coming on board with Athletics South Africa for various reasons. Uh, a lot of it, unfortunately, not to do with athletics. But uh, mm-hmm. how important is it to have corporate backing for an event like this? You mentioned being able to race in your own backyard, but unfortunately, if you want to race against the best of the world, you've got to race in Europe. And as an athlete and a professional athlete, that's where the money is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's very important to have a, a corporate backing uh, because, you know, they've got the, the means for um, to attract the international athletes to, to come to South Africa and uh, to compete against us um, because some of them are not cheap as well. And, you know, just to set up these meets is not really something that's very cheap to do. Um, you know, like people like Justin Gatlin, when they, when, when they come, when they go to Europe, they, they charge a lot of money just for appearance So a, a corporate sponsor that can help in, in terms of bringing these guys to our soil um, and for us to be able to compete against them on our soil is, is a very big thing. And for them to actually have a long-term commitment for to for um, to watch it grow as as a as a as a program and as an event that people can fall in love with is is quite is quite special. Uh, it's how, been a while. Yeah, it, it has. And and how excited are you to be on the the front end of this wave? Uh, I mean, the, the the next generation of South African athletes are, are going to be watching over the next three weeks and and watching the likes of of yourself and and Casta Semenya. And if you you think of the long jumpers who have done so well, uh, Luva Monyonga and and, and Rushwell Samai. I mean, and and the rest of the sprinters are along with you as well. And, and that's just a few of the athletes. There's so many more putting in in, in tons of hard work behind the scenes. But yeah. has it sunk into you that you laying the foundation for the athletes that are going to come through in the next 10, 15 years mm-hmm. and, and could be competing at Olympics and Commonwealth Games in, in the years to come? Uh, no, it, it really hasn't sunk in because obviously I think for me, um, I, 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 like last year and 2016 was a, a very bad, uh, so two very bad seasons for me. And, you know, when I looked at this and, how it was building up and everything. I, I, I just didn't imagine myself being the front or like a, a curtain raiser for something uh, that promises to be huge and promises to be um, like a mainstay in South African, in South African sport. So yeah, I, for me, I just took it as an, I just take it as an opportunity, you know, uh, as a platform to step back into uh, the form that I, I, I know that I can get and just to grab this opportunity with both hands and um, put on a, a good show and um, make, you know, like uh, the younger athletes believe that they can do the, the things that we do as well as, as athletes for, for South Africa. So, yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's still sinking in. Um, and I, I really hope that, you know, on Thursday, my cylinders will be firing so that I don't, you know, throw away this, this great opportunity. Well, here's, here's your chance. Uh, you, you're on a national platform. Obviously, Thursday's one's taking place in Reimsif, but there are two other meets after that, one in Pal and one taking place in Twane as well. Why should people yeah. come and watch you and the rest of the athletes compete? Sell, sell it to us. Why, why should we come out and, and watch live athletics? Well, first of all, um, there's a very good rivalry that's building, and I think most of the sports that we watch have very good rivalries. 
uh, that's built on for many years. Uh, and then I think me and Terrence um, are building on a good uh, national rivalry or domestic rivalry. Um, and obviously, we want to put on a show, um, bring the times that people usually see in, in Europe uh, in, in on home soil in South Africa. Uh, there's also going to be like some really good athletes. Uh, obviously, Justin Gatlin is going to be one of the guys. Um, I heard Isaac Makwana, who ran 1977 um, uh, last year. He's going to be on the field as well. So, honestly, anything is on the card. It, 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 it's just going to be a lot of adrenaline-packed um, uh, performances, not just from track and field, but we've got the jumpers, we've got... Uh, Custer Semenya coming through, and I know people love Custer, you know, like uh, they always want to watch her perform. So it's, it's going to be exciting, and the, the, the organizers are trying to make sure that everybody gets catered for, you know, the whole family can come and, and enjoy a day um, just watching track and field after a long day of work uh, just to unwind. So, I mean, people should come and support and uh, that that can only make it grow from year to year. Absolutely. And then just finally, on a personal note, your call-up for the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast. Congratulations as part of the 4x100-meter relay team. Uh, yourself, and as you mentioned, that rivalry between yourself and Clarence Munya, he's on the team as well, Enrico Brainkis and Emilio Rasmus. Congratulations. That's uh, pretty pretty cool as well, representing South, Africa on a global, uh, representing South Africa on a global scale like that. <laughs> No, yeah, thank you. Um, it's my first, you know, Commonwealth Games team. I think I've made every other team except Commonwealth Games. So um, I'm really excited to actually link up with these guys because I feel like for us personally as a team, uh, we have some uh, boxes to tick in terms of the relay. Um, every time that we've linked up together in the relay, we've always, in, in big competitions, you know, when we were younger at World Student Games, we, we dropped the baton. Um, and then at World Championships, we also dropped the baton. So, I mean, this time we, we, we all on the same page. Uh, we want to get together and, and train together and get a feel of each other first because we believe that we can get a medal, um, you know, any color, but I think gold is also very, very possible. So we're just really happy that we got included and that they gave us a chance now to actually prove that we, we can be one of those relay teams to push for a medal even at 2020 Olympics and World Champs next year. So um, it's really something exciting to look forward to. Absolutely. Let's hope we can get those handovers sorted because I agree. I think we're definitely in with a, a very good shot at gold there. Well, and also, thank you so much for joining us tonight here on SAFM. Enjoy Thursday and uh, the, the two meets after that. We're going to be watching it very, very closely. Thanks for your time this evening. Thank you very much. SAFM Sports Wrap. On to some soccer now here on SAFM and things really hotting up in the Absa Premiership. We join now by senior football writer for Suet and Live, Tiani Mabasa. Tiani, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap this evening. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks. Thanks to you, you know, for extending the invite. I'm glad to be here. Tiani, we're getting to the business end of uh, this year's league campaign and uh, things looking very, very interesting. There have been some big changes. Uh, I think the, the biggest of them all was uh, obviously Bidvest Vitz making a, a change in form, uh, which I, I think is uh, everyone expected to happen and they're continuing their climb and good to see. The last thing you want to see is uh, the defending champions relegated. 
<laughs> they can even win the league even, you know. <laughs> they still have a chance, you know. So, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting, you know. And subject to correction, I think the, the top five teams are separated by only six points, uh, which shows maybe the competitive nature of the, of the league, you know. And uh, uh, perhaps we don't give uh, much uh, credit to, to the league, you know, in terms of that. Uh, unlike in, uh, in, in, in some parts of the world, uh, where you have two teams dominating the whole season, uh, uh, I mean, year in and year out, you know, it's a different case here uh, in the PSL. And I'd rather have it this way. You know, I've always said I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy in a league where it's like a Spanish Liga, for example, where it's, it's, you always know it's always going to be Barcelona or Real Madrid winning the league, you know, uh, and the likes of Atletico just maybe uh, finishing third, fourth, you know, every season. So for me, you know, I'd rather have it this way where uh, even the so-called small teams actually have a, have a shot at the title. Uh, if you look at Marisbeck United or on a three-stage stars, and you can write them off uh, at your own peril because at the end of the day, uh, we've seen Leicester City do it in the English Premiership that it's not always impossible for the so-called small teams, you know, to achieve, uh, you know, some success, you know. So for me, uh, it's definitely been an interesting season in terms of the running as well. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Maritzburg. Uh, I mean, they they punch way above their their weights from a from a team perspective. They they've got a couple of yeah. big players, but they don't have massive budgets like the the Mamelodi Sundowns or the Kaiser Chiefs do. And they're doing fantastically well once again this season. But let's touch on a, an, another one of the small teams that started off so well this season, and and with stuff going on off the pitch, they seem to be imploding at the moment. And that's Barock FC. Uh, the last thing you want to be doing is dealing with with issues, disciplinary issues off the pitch like they've had to deal with over the last week week and a bit? Yeah, I've been quite disappointing, to be honest, you know. Uh, I mean, they, they've always, you know, shown, shown some potential in terms of uh, what they can deliver on the field. And unfortunately, in terms of uh, off-the-field issues, you know, they, they always seem to, to have problems, you know. And uh, it takes a bit of time for them to... Uh, to sort out of some of the issues, you know, like now this, this, since they suspended the coach, uh, all they keep saying is that we're going to deal with it, we're going to deal with it, you know, and uh, you don't need such things to hang over a club because at the end of the day, uh, those are the kind of things that uh, can actually have a negative impact on the club. And uh, from, from that point of view, I mean, they started so well, uh, they were never going to win the league, to be honest, but uh, a top eight finish. Uh, where they were at the time was uh, was, was a real possibility. Uh, but like I said, if you're going to have such issues, you know, of the field and it's going to take 100 years to sort it out, it's always going to be a problem for you. So hopefully they've learned their lesson in terms of that. But going forward, they have to sort out their, 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 their off-the-field issues because ultimately it impacts on the on the club as well. Yeah, absolutely. And a top eight uh, finish would have been a massive cash injection for a club of, of their size. And, and I think they're going to struggle the way things are, are going at the moment. Let's look at the bottom, the bottom end of the table, Tiani. I mean, as much as you say the top half is, is pretty log jammed and it's still anybody's league to win from a relegation perspective. Uh, it is also still wide open, although platinum stars, gee, with, with, what they've got going on off the pitch as well, they haven't done in themselves any favors. They're going to have to have a massive mm. turnaround if they're going to dodge a bullet this season. Yeah, no, definitely, and they, they they have some difficult games coming up, you know, and uh, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a, what we see is a combination of what's been happening uh, over the past couple of seasons, you know, they haven't really been 
a club that you can say are settled. You know, um, you know, so many changes uh, from a management point of view as well. People come and go. Um, you know, and it's been happening like that for for quite some time. And in, in the transfer space as well, I don't think you know they they they, they made some good signings. Perhaps in the in the general transfer window, where you're bringing um, the experience of Ayanda Kava in defence, and then you still have uh, Riyad Dorodin, you know, on 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 the wing. You know, so those are, are, are players that you can actually rely on. But uh, having said that, then you look at um, you know what they've done in the, in, in, in the transfer market over the past. A couple of seasons, and it doesn't inspire much confidence for me, uh, from where I'm standing. So, when I look at them now and I see them struggling, it doesn't actually surprise me. You know, now they even had issues with the with the, with the ownership of the club. Who's, uh, are they going to move? You know, uh, are they going to retain the players? And they, if you have such uncertainty at the club, it's always going to 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 to, to affect. Uh, you know the way the, what we see out there in the field, and some some clubs don't don't seem to understand that that if things are not going well uh, off the field, you know it it impacts uh, on on wha- what's happening on the field. Because if I'm a player and I play for them, and uh, I don't even know if they're keeping me for 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 next season, uh, obviously it's going to affect my performance. And if it affects one player's performance, um, you know it's a team sport, and then if one is not pulling his weight. Uh, it's always going to, to, to affect the club, you know. And I'm not surprised, to be honest, to see them uh, struggling so much, you know. And from where I'm standing, you know, I don't see them, you know, dodging the bullet like you put it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've conceded 15 goals this season. They've won only three games, and, and that's just not good enough to, to stay up in the top flight. Another two of the teams that are flirting with danger, Polokwane City and Ajax Cape Town. Ajax has been a bit of a, a surprise to me because they've been a team over the years that have been pretty consistent. They, they've never really challenged for the title, but they've always been mid-table-ish. They, they're struggling this season. You see, the, the, the thing is, um, if, if, if you look at the, the, the way uh, things have changed, you know, since uh, uh, the committees, you know, left, uh, left the club, uh, I think the approach there uh, is not, it's not right anymore, you know, because in terms of how they used to approach, um, you know, things, you know, they used to depend on their, on their youth development and credit to them because that used to produce some great players uh, who go on to play for the club and do well for the club, you know. And they were making, you know, such good progress. And all of a sudden, uh, they're signing a whole lot of players from outside. And uh, if you bring those players from outside, if they're not better than what you have in the academy, uh, there's no point, you know, um, you know, uh, signing from outside. So if, if I can give you an exercise, and if you check maybe the last 20 signings, uh, you'll struggle to pick out who has actually done well for the club, you know, uh, from those signings. So uh, I think I may, I may be subject to correction, but... If I look at those signings and I look at what, what they've contributed to the club, uh, you know, I don't think they've done much uh, in, 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 in terms of helping the club. Uh, but when I look at the, the, the youngsters that they used to promote, uh, they'll come up and do so well for, for the club. Even now, they, they promoted one a uh, couple of seasons ago and is doing well at the moment, you know, at, at left back, Jagen Salzman. Uh, those are the kind of players that they were supposed to keep pro, uh, uh, promoting, but now they go sign players that simply come to the club and add to the numbers. And uh, for me, from where I'm standing, I'm not surprised at all to see them struggling. Yeah, interesting times. So uh, we're in for a very, very exciting conclusion to the season. Uh, Tiani Mabusa, thank you so much. Uh, Mabasa, rather. Uh, thank you so much for your time this evening here on SAFM Sports Chat. Much appreciated. And we look forward to, to following what you're up to from a writing perspective. We look forward to catching up with you again soon here on uh, SAFM.
No, definitely. It's a pleasure, man. Talk to you soon. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, on to some cricket now. The Aussies in town and Proteas batsman Dean Algers expecting a bit of hostility between the two teams when they begin their format test series in Durban on Thursday. The two sides have been involved in a number of epic battles over the years with their rivalry also one of the most popular amongst cricket fans across the world. The latest sequence of five-day matches comes on the back of the hosts winning the last series 2-1 when it was played down under in 2016. Algers expecting the contest to live up to the reputation that it's been established based on past meetings with plenty of aggression and fight predicted from both sides. I do think there's going to be an element of it, definitely. I, I don't think it's going to be throughout the whole series. I think Test cricket ebbs and flows so much that um, there's going to be times for those kind of me- uh, measures um, throughout the series. Um, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to have our, our various ways of tackling their batting lineup. And I'm, as, as I'm pretty sure they'll have their own ways of tackling our batting lineup. Um, but, yeah, usually it's a, it's a pretty proud series when South Africans play against Australians. I think there's a lot of uh, pride at stake and um, but also saying that there's a lot of respect between the two teams and you're going to try your best to try and beat each other. That's ultimately why we play in the game. And that's ultimately why I'm sure people want to watch series like this. Uh, you want to kind of see the battle between bat and ball and whoever's the fittest and the fastest will, will most probably come out on tops. Alga was a key figure when the two countries met in the last series, scoring a critical century in the opening test in Perth that allowed South Africa to go 1-0 up in the three-match series. Although he admitted that that performance in those games gave him confidence, he insisted that what happened two years ago counts for nothing in the series. Yeah, personally, it's nice to have um, gained a bit of experience against uh, various oppositions. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just nice knowing that you've uh, contributed in previous series to your side, especially in a winning series uh, kind of moment. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's nice personally knowing that um, potentially you, do have a, you can have the upper hand against uh, your opposition if, if things go, go your way. But um, test cricket is a very fickle, uh, fickle format, and we know anything can happen on the day. And, uh, um, yeah, you just got to try your best. You've got to pre- obviously prepare quite, quite hard. Um, for these kind of test series. Um, so, yeah, personally, that's just the way I'm going to be looking at it in, in the pre- uh, preparation factor. I'm not really looking too much in, in the past of what's, what's happened. So, um, yeah, I'm also very excited. I'm pretty sure everyone is for, for this series. Algo went on to score 161 runs in five innings during that series, and he's continued to grow into his role as the senior opening batsman for South Africa. He'll be playing in his 46th test match on Thursday, and he's closing in on 3,000 test runs at an average of 42. But he reiterated that past records mean little, not just for him, but for the entire team. Our previous encounter is, um, is a fond memory for us. Um, Having the ability to beat them uh, in Australia is, is also a very, very encouraging factor for us going into this series, knowing that we, the last time we played against each other, we, we had the upper hand. Um, but saying that, it's, it's, a new, uh, it's a new series and a, it's a ba- blank piece of paper starting, starting on Thursday and um, anything can happen. Um, both test sides have, have had a very good records the last year or two um, within the test, test cricket arena, which is um, exciting and I'm sure it's... Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be promising for, for both sides going into that. 
Alga admitted that everyone in the Proteus setup is looking forward to the series, which uh, pips the number two ranked South Africans up against the third ranked Australians. The opening match comes hot on the heels of India's lengthy tour to South Africa, where they beat the hosts in both the one day and T20 series. South Africa did win the test series, and Alga says they were looking forward to trying to follow that up with another win. I think the, the feeling's very mutual in our camp. Um, I think we're extremely excited for this uh, test series against Aussies. It's always, uh, it's always a good battle against them, whether you're playing at home or away. It's, it's always a great contest. So we are very much looking forward to the four tests. It's nice to actually have a series that's longer than three tests as well, which is nice for us. Yeah, so we're very excited and uh, I'm pretty sure the boys uh, will all be ready to go on, on Thursday. Both teams are evenly matched, but their pace attacks looking especially strong, while South Africa have an attack that looks likely to consist of Mornay, Morkel, Kachisa, Rabada and Lungi and Giddy. Australia have the established trio of Mitchell Stark, Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins to contend with, with Alka, the one expected to face the music first as an opener. He's looking forward to the challenge. I think they've uh, vastly developed bowling attack. Um, Stark and Hazelwood have been there for, for many a year now and they've obviously honed their, their skills uh, in various respective formats. Um, and a guy like Pat Cummins is, um, is good for the game because every time he showed glimpses of, of, of rising up, he gets injured. So it's actually good to see him staying in the game longer than usual. Um, but yeah, I don't really want to talk too much about their bowlers. I mean, I'd rather just focus more on our, our strengths and weaknesses and what we can control. Uh, going into the series, um, starting on Thursday. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a great affair either way, and it's, um, I'm pretty sure people are excited for this. We'll have live coverage of that series uh, right here on SAFM. And that's it for the show tonight. Best of luck to Casta Semenya, who's nominated in the Laureus Sports Woman of the Year Award category. Those awards taking place in the glitzy, glamorous Monaco. And we'll have the results for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. From myself and my entire team in Johannesburg, Luyolo and Phineas, thank you very much, gentlemen. We'll catch up with you again tomorrow evening. From myself, Brad Brown, it is 7 o'clock and time for your news.